Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, March 12, 2023, coming at you live from Floored Media in Rockville Center. Big show coming up for you tonight. Mr. Joe Buono, the founder of Isles Fix Newsletter, is in-house here at Floored Media. Going to talk about his brand new book, New York Islanders from A to Z. Looking forward to that. A lot of fun there. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me tonight is Mr. Chris Bada. Christopher, how do you do? I'm doing great, Sean. How are you? I'm doing all right. I mean, I'm trying to forget about last night a little bit, but other than that, I'm... I'm doing pretty good. Just the game or other things happen? Oh, no, just, night, okay? just the game. Not, right. not making it more right, personal. I just want to make sure you're okay there, bro. <laughs> I'm doing all right. So I want to thank all our wonderful sponsors, starting with presenting sponsor Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip, and, of course, UBS Arena at Belmont. Big thanks to Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. And a big thanks to Main Street Board Game Cafe, located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. More about them later. So, Chris Botta. Sean Cuthbert. That's me. The New York Islanders are 11-4-3 in their last 18. I stole that from nyiskinny.com. Eric Hornick, great job over there. They're in that second wild card spot, but they did have a big week beating the Buffalo Sabres 3-2. Obviously, the dramatic overtime win over the Pittsburgh Penguins 4-3. And then last night, a a bit of a blowout loss to the Washington Capitals 5-1. So what do you make of this week? It was a big week for the Isles. It was a big week. It was a good week. It wasn't a great week uh, because Saturday night certainly dimmed that. We... uh, I said, you when you asked me how many points do they have to get in the six, I said five. Now, the answer to that, five being at least five, would be to continue to soar in the playoff rankings and the sure. chances. Sure. What's amazing about what's going on here is that the Islanders have played very well. They're entitled to a, I wouldn't even call a stinker, they're entitled to lose a game. Right? Sure, sure. Um, they're not that out. good. They're not that good a team, and they've certainly have been giving their all and credit to management and coaches and all the players for that. But the concern was always that, despite all those wins and beating Buffalo and beating Pittsburgh, that if they go a few days without accruing points, mm-hmm. with so many teams in the mix, right. it's going to close in around them. Right. So now that they've lost that one and they don't play till Tuesday, a winnable game, but a tough game in Los Angeles. Yep. And all these other teams are playing, and most of them aren't good. But some of them <laughs> are going to win once in a while. Yeah. And Florida is the team that I've mentioned that I feel like is capable of going on some sort of run. They have points now in five straight after winning four straight. Mm-hmm. So they it's it's an amazing time because every game counts and you're we're really seeing that in real time because they let up once i think they let up in part because maybe they got a little comfortable before uh saturday's game against washington maybe maybe they're thinking washington's done sure and they might be done and they just they let off the pedal a little bit and now we're seeing the results well it's funny because going into saturday and after beating buffalo i was like okay buffalo's pretty far back now even with the games in hand i was kind of starting to write them off as far as catching the islanders and i think i i kind of had it narrowed down to ottawa and florida Mm -hmm. but after last night you can't really rule out washington anymore because they still have two games against them so they kind of pulled themselves back into this little race here. So now for me, it seems like you got a four team race now for the last wild card spot. I guess you can still include the first one. Doesn't mean, you know, Pittsburgh isn't necessarily going to win enough games mm-hmm. to hang on to the yeah, first I one. Yeah, I think right? I'd say still say there's two sure. spots available. Sure. Yeah. But um but you know, just as as great as the the wins earlier in the week were for the Islanders and necessary, this loss last night kind of changes the narrative again with, with Washington back in the mix. It hurts, and it really hurts if they come up empty on Tuesday. We'll see. Then they have two, again, winnable games, but we're going to see this the rest of the way. And this is a narrative I've talked about going back to when I did point blank and when the Islanders have been on both sides of the equation, how the games get easier for mm. certain teams when there's no expectations. I also think that's probably why Washington played a damn good game and why they listened to the coaches, why they implemented a game plan. I, I think because people... People were starting to count them out. So Buffalo looks like a little bit of a pretender. I got to say about the Sabres, and I want to say the people of Buffalo are amazing. The fans (laughs) there are incredible. Like that's not 
the issue here, but there's something wrong in that organization. It reminds me a little bit of the Islanders during the snow weight era where every time they have a little bit of a success, mm. there seems to be some cockiness and we're seeing it this year. Like they, they actually have too much talent to be this bad and to lose to the Islanders the way they did to make up all the excuses about whether it was kicked in or not, which when the, when the rule <laughs> right, is, yeah, when the rule one. is clear right. and then they go out and lose 10, Four at home. I mean, come on. Then they can't beat the Rangers at home. I mean, uh, so I don't know if they're in it for real. But again, what we're seeing is whether it's the Islanders, any of these other teams, win three in a row, lose three in a row, it's going to make a big difference right now. So it's an exciting time. Ottawa again, you know, they lose last night to Vancouver fairly handily. Right. Got a game tonight. Uh, it's scoreboard watching. We'll be doing this every step of the way. Butch said it well uh, last night on the broadcast that we'll probably be doing this all the way to game 82. Oh, no question about it. And I guess we can, we started talking about this a little bit last week, how the Islanders have been tightening up defensively a little bit, mm-hmm. p- playing more of a Barry Trot style. I think we saw that again. Playoff style. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which we've, we've said many, many times is this team is kind of tailor-made for that. And we were all waiting to see if this could be a regular season team. Can they, you know, win enough in, in an 82 game grind to actually get back into the playoffs? And we've talked about how in past seasons under Barry Trotz, they kind of backed in and they lost a little bit of fuel there towards the end. And can they last for 82? And, and they're hanging on for dear life right now. And there's a little bit of a meshing here between the Trot style and the Lambert style, but it's pretty plain to see that they're playing a, a more defensive style of hockey now. I right? don't think there's any question right. about it. And it started probably with Barzal's injury. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what happens when Pajot comes back. I think sure. that that'll obviously be a great addition. But my question, and I know a lot of people are asking now, is is this a better team? I have my answer for it, as you can imagine. But is this a better team right now without Matthew Barzell on it? I was just going to throw that at you, and, and I <laughs> I think the answer to that question is a resounding no. Uh, I know that there's arguments for it because of how well they've played, their record of late. But look, you also have to remember that when the Islanders played this style previously under Barry Trotz, they were also successful with uh, with Matt Barzell in the mm-hmm. lineup. And I would like to assume that that'll be the case when he comes back. It's another offensive weapon. You like to think that that's just going to provide more of an option there between him and Horvat and Lee if that's going to be your four, first line. And also the power play where it's just going to enhance this team. Now, I think the bigger question is almost why did they wait so long to do this? Now, as you said, Barzell may have forced their hand a little bit I think here. That's what happened, yeah. But... You look at it and say, you know, why did it take, what, almost 60 games to say to, say to themselves, all right, this isn't working. <laughs> Time to go back to basics, right? So I guess, and, and, and what's your answer to the question? I, I agree with mm-hmm. you. Of course, in the big picture, yeah. they are not. I think short-term, they are. I think, you know, this happened, and it forced the coaches to react a certain way. I also mm-hmm. think it, it made it easier to sell it as a team concept. To, you know, we're going to have to tighten things up. We talked right. about this last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in, in a weird way, I think it made them better for the short term. But then you watch a game la- like last night and go, man, I wish we had Barzell out there when yeah. going into the third period at least. So um, it's, a, it's an interesting stretch. Uh, what do you think happens with Pajot? Looks like he's going to be the first to return. Well, the second because Clutterbuck came back last night. Right. Okay, I'm. I was talking <laughs> top nine. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> I couldn't read your mind. But um, no, that's it's it's actually a great question, and I think it's going to be fascinating to see what the coaching staff decides to do because they do have some options. They have a player that I want to talk about a little later on in Hudson Fashing, who's been outstanding yes, of late. You're a guy. And yeah, and I think that's a guy who needs to stay in the lineup next to Casey Sezikis. And I know that doesn't necessarily affect the Matt Barzells of the world, but yes, J.G. Pajot is going to be in that bottom line, converse, uh, bottom six conversation. And, you know, they're probably going to try to keep Sezikis and Fashing together. He'll So Pajot will come in, and then you're looking at guys like Holmstrom, maybe is the, guy, the first guy mm-hmm. to come out, you know? Uh, he's probably going to end up being an extra forward for the team. He's he's not producing as off as much offensively of may, maybe as you like, but you know he does look like a gamer. I think he's going to be a player on this team in the future. But that's probably the first guy I go to. Is Holmstrom probably takes a seat. So what was the fourth line last night? The fourth line was wasn't Josh Bailey centering. Um, so that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm Clutterbuck and who was on the left side there? Joe, you know who was on the, the left new, side? The last new night? guy. What's that? Yeah, Angle, yes, guy. the forgotten man. So that <laughs> scored his first goal. Last you know, night. it feels like an easy one, but it just seems like for one night. And I'm not saying that's why they lost, but it just optically to me that just looks like oh, well, now that's a team that like is off the rudder a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like our fourth line is Josh Bailey, 
Engvall and Clutterbuck. Like, that's not this team's identity. So that's a little bit of a concern. So hopefully Pajot coming back straightens that out. By the way, Engvall's goal notwithstanding, we're already seeing what uh, Adam Proto uh, clearly stated last yeah, week, yeah. that he's a guy who people like but sometimes coaches can get frustrated by, and I'm, I'm, I'm playing with Adam's words a little bit. He didn't directly mm-hmm. say that, right. but he's that big guy who skates like the wind that drives coaches crazy because why he should be, you think he should be better, and mm-hmm. he's in this 30, 35-point thing, which is my way of saying, like, Engvall could be a scratch before the end of the season. He could be a scratch by the end I wouldn't of, rule him uh, out. of this week. Yeah. And, and now that you, now that and which is fine, by the way. He was sure. always he was always a try. He you know it's a third right. rounder. Right. Uh, you know perhaps a little bit higher end potential there, uh, and I'm okay with that. Like he had to me, he's and maybe he doesn't realize that, and maybe he'll find mm-hmm. that out this week. Yeah. But he, his spot in this lineup is not guaranteed. Yeah, and I think at the time when they acquired him, I don't know if we necessarily knew that JG. And, and Clutterbuck were as close as they were to coming mm-hmm. back, which is interesting. But yeah, I think you throw him into that mix too, as far as a guy who might come out. And I wanted to ask you before we go to break to bring Joe on is, you know, Lane Lambert was asked about it when he was benched a couple of times. You know, he didn't see the ice in a couple of third periods. And, and his answer was because he doesn't really know the system. Yet. Do you think that was a nice way? Yes. You do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is technically true that uh-huh. he doesn't know the system. Right. Yet, but that is a, an easier way of letting him off the all right, well, fair enough. If yeah, I'll say it. You know, this will be the third and final time. Remind me, I say this this year. Anytime you want to see what a coach thinks of a player, look at his ice time and nothing else. All right, fair enough. Well, folks, I want to thank you all for tuning in here live at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY, and of course, your favorite podcast providers later on. Going to take a quick break. When we come back, Joe Buono of Isles Fix will be joining us to talk about his brand new book. We'll be right back. Hey, Islander fans. You already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now, you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, All three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Thanks for giving some time to our sponsors. Ready to talk more aisles? The train rolls on right here on Hockey Night in New York. That's right, folks. The train rolls on right here at Hockey Night in New York, live from Florida Media in Rockville Center. And joining us right now, the founder of the Isles Fix newsletter, Mr. Joe Buono. Joe, pleasure having you in the studio, man. How you doing? This place is awesome, guys. And that's before I knew that the uh, Mortal Kombat arcade game was <laughs> here in the studios, too. Congratulations on this success. It's awesome. Appreciate that. Thank Thanks. you very much. Maybe we'll get a game in uh, after the show's over. <laughs> Not very good. <laughs> well, look, uh, we're very excited to have you here to talk about your brand new children's book, New York Islanders A to Z. Uh, phenomenal job. Uh, being at the, the children's level, it was a good read for me. It was pretty appropriate, <laughs> so I was able to get through it. But um, it was fantastic, and just some, some great notes on that. Obviously written by yourself and illustrated by Joe Morasic, who does a great job. He's always posting his, uh, his artwork on Twitter. I follow him. He, he does a fantastic job, and uh, it, it was a great collaboration between the two of you. And then you bring some heavy hitters on board. You oh, get yeah. the stat checks by Eric Hornick, who does a phenomenal job, obviously. The pregame by Brendan Burke. The first intermission by Stan Fischler. The second intermission by Chris King, radio voice of the New York Islanders. And the postgame by the great legendary Jiggs McDonald. So we'll start off with the easy one right off the bat here. What inspired you to write the book, and, and when did the process start? Well, my first thoughts about writing a book came about 10 years ago, actually, wow, 2013, okay. 2014. I just started to think about how parents connect with their children in different ways, and sports being one of them. And could there be a, a way that they can introduce their favorite sports teams and their favorite games that they remember you know, at a very early age, had some ideas that are still on a Microsoft Word document that maybe I can execute on, but wasn't able okay. to. Then I had my daughter in 2018, my wife and I, and uh, 
when you have a kid, you get inundated with a lot of children's books around you. Sure. And uh, I started <laughs> thinking about it again. And A to Z was really simple concept conceptually. And I thought I can execute it this time around because of everything I've always done around the Islanders over the last seven, eight years with podcasting and the Twitter profile and some of the connections I had. So I said, let's go for this. Now, the first thing I needed, of course, was an illustrator. Right. And, and the real star of the book is Joe Morasic, the illustrator. And uh, had a conversation with him. And he, too, wanted to do something like this for a long time. And to find a talented illustrator, number one, was great. But to find someone who is passionate about the subject, right. who's also a diorama right. fan, was great as well. And uh, that was a perfect match. And we started thinking about who would go where. And, and he started sketching. Fantastic. So just rattled off a bunch of phenomenal names that you got involved in the book. So, so I guess two-part question here. How did you approach the Islanders and get them on board? And then also Eric Hornick, Brendan Burke, Stan Fischler, Chris King. Jake right. So I didn't approach the Islanders right away. Okay. We started doing things. And then after a while, I started thinking to myself, you know, there's this thing called intellectual property that we may want yeah, to yeah. check in on. You <laughs> <Sure>. know, <laughs> it's important. <laughs> and um, so we, uh, we ended up um, talking to Nick Puzzatello, who's the executive vice president with New York Hockey Holding. Someone had recommended he'd be a really good ear to listen and pitch this idea to. And they were... And obviously, everyone has seen the way the fan base, the fan base is embraced by the organization and the current ownership. Yes, from absolutely. a creative standpoint, mm -hmm. over the last several years, mm -hmm. and um, they were good to go with it, provided that a portion of the proceeds went to the Islanders Children's Foundation and that they got final sign off, which we were comfortable with and sure. certainly okay with. So, um, you know, we started you know, a for a for Arbor, B for Bossy. That stuff was kind of easy, and then we had to get a little bit creative for some yeah. of the other letters. Mm -hmm. When I saw it, like I got the book yesterday, and I've read it four times at least. I sent it. Great job, by the way. Phenomenal Thank job you. by you and and John. And um, I, I kept on thinking, you know, the A to Z thing is good, but it could also be limiting in a way. In a way, but but then it, it turns out like you cover you really covered everyone. Like you to me, I would have to think really long and hard about you know maybe who didn't make the book. But were there people that like just fell just short of the the cutting room floor, uh, and P or even maybe if there's a player who like you know is really close to your heart that just didn't make it. But you found creative ways. Like Q is born right, right. for quick. Um, so who, there are other drawings that Joe has that did lot, not yeah. make it, and uh, one of them was start with Q was Alan Quine. So when we first <laughs> started thinking about who was Q and you go on and look at the Islanders historical database as to what surnames begin with Q. And I was like, this could work because I can loop in how they won the 2015, 16 mm -hmm. playoff series sure. for the first time. He scored a double overtime goal against the Panthers in game five. It's not perfect, but it works. But and then as, as the book kind of came together overall, he just stuck out nothing against Alan Quine, but it just right. did not yeah. fit. And then as I kind of finished it overall, I was saying, you know what? The Islanders Hall of Fame, and again, this started in 2018. We didn't publish it until 2022. Wow. The Islanders yeah. Hall of Fame, for a long time, as people that are watching this know, was a banner hanging from the rafters that people really didn't pay close attention to. Yep. But when UBS Arena came out, it's now very prominent, mm -hmm. and they're making a very big deal of it. Right. So then it was, we need to get everyone who's on that, has a plaque, needs to be in this book. And that changed things a little bit. You mentioned Q for quick, but then we also had to make sure that Patrick Flatley was in there. And yeah. that's why he's, you know, C for captain. That was really good. And with Janssen gets in there, you cut, you got Ziggy, you cut, you cover the areas too. Also big respect for, you know, finding a spot for Shannon, for Eric Kornick, for Paul Cartier, the organist. Um, was there a player though, or if you're comfortable sharing that, just like, you know, <laughs> by the way, is Barzal in it, for example. We had talked about having Barzell in I think it. He was like um, the, the original only one that came to mind that I said if anyone might be so if the, the original really C was a Calder Trophy, and that's how we were going to get Barzell in there. And then as we started talking about it, and also talking with the team, it's not maybe the smartest thing to have a lot of active players in the book because things change so frequently. And again, yeah. this took several. This took several years. Now we're all glad that Barzell signed his contract extension and is hopefully there for nine years, right. but things can change rather quickly. So at the end of the day, Anders Lee is the only active player in the, player in the book. And that's because he is the captain of the team. Um, but yeah, we had that conversation. There were originally, there were going to be more active players in there um, than certainly the final version. Uh, 
great, great uh, idea, great notion, smart. And I'll tell you why I wrote it. It's now the 50th anniversary. I wrote the 25th anniversary book with Stan Fischler. And I wish we were that smart then. And I, you know, there's easy Millberry jokes that, that you could, that we could all make or whatever. But it's funny to think that in the last chapter, a chapter that I'm pretty sure I wrote by myself, Stan did some of the other errors by himself. All of a sudden, we have this thing about Bertuzzi and McCabe in the and future, the new right? era. And it, ju- and it <laughs> yeah. just sits there like a blob now, right? To just, you know. So uh, that's a good, good call. Yeah. By I the mean, way, you could always do a second edition. A- right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and I know Joe Morassic, at different times, depending on how inspired he was, has talked about, oh, we'll get them in on the second, on the yeah. second run of this. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I kind of skipped over a part you asked around, how did they get Brendan involved? I just want to go into that. Yeah. Brendan was the first person I thought of because similar age and also similar part of his life with having young kids. So conceptually I said, this might appeal to him. And when he said yes, that obviously gave us such credibility and then gave me a little bit more of courage to say, okay, let me start thinking even bigger. Yeah. And, uh, that's when I said, what if he had the pregame and we could get Jigs McDonald to do the postgame? I had had Jigs on the podcast a few times. Anyone that's met, met Jigs, the nicest man mm-hmm. ever. And I called him um, from, at his Florida home, and he picked up, and he said, it would be my honor to do. And uh, just nice. how many words, and he got his in. And then I got even greedier and said, well, first <laughs> and second intermission. Emailed Stan. And uh, how many words? Uh, 500 words. Okay. Three hours later. Here you go. Good luck with the book. And that's what Stan did. And then Chris King's um, submission was really key because we had a real difficulty of trying to get Butch in the book because of Uh, B for Bossy, G for Gillies. Maybe we would have went the Con Smythe route, but that would have then been difficult with not finding a place for Patrick Flatley. mm -hmm. Um, So when I Mm -hmm. talked to Chris, it was about, could you do this and could you write this about Butch? And he right away started talking about the relationship they've had being around the rink with each other awesome. for such so many years. And uh, he wrote a, a tremendous tribute. So Butch went from, hey, can we get him in, to probably having the most words written mm-hmm. about him out of anyone in the book. Nice. That's fantastic. So you talked about the the Islanders Hall of Fame, that that was kind of a criteria for you to get those guys in there. Was there, was there any sort of, like you come to a certain letter and maybe you have too many options or, of course, <laughs> not enough, yeah. but you were like, okay, what kind of boxes do we have to check here to make you know to decide who's going to take this letter or that letter? Sure. So I think the, the most the most candidates for a letter was T. Um, so we had Makes Bill sense. Torrey, you have John Tonelli, you had someone else that, depending on your feelings <laughs> around the franchise, he may or may not should have been oh, in the book. John, yes. Um, sure. So we had to come up with what to do there, and um, we also had Brian Trottier. So we ended up using D for Dynasty to talk about Bill Torrey as the architect of the dynasty. It right. also allowed us, at least in written form, to reference everyone that was on all four Stanley Cups in the book. And then we were able to use trophy winners to get Trottier in there. So he's there for Hart Trophy, which worked out really well. And then that also helped us with V as well. We used Vesna Trophy for Billy Smith, nice. um, which, again, one Vesna Trophy in team history, one Hart Trophy in team history, and that worked out really well for us. And then uh, that allowed us to get the Sutter brothers in there, both Brent and Dwayne, which, you know, people don't think about them. They're a little bit of an afterthought, but what great right. stories around them. I mean, oh, yeah. Dwayne came up and won four Stanley Cups right away. And then obviously his brother comes on for the ride and Brent's the captain of the team and takes uh, takes after, you know, Dennis Potvin. So. And- and speaking of captains, uh, you know, I learned a couple of new things reading this book, and one of which was that, assuming all goes the way it's supposed to, Anders Lee will be the longest tenured captain next year since Dennis Potvin. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was looking at everybody I had listed, and I was like, wow, one year, two years, <laughs> when, when, three when years. When Patrick Flatley, I think, wasn't the captain anymore, he was the longest tenured forward, I think, at that point, is the way they kind of talk about him. And, yeah, Anders is on his way of, um, you know, breaking that. So, yeah, I think for... People are like, well, what's the age group for this? Because there's a lot yeah. more material in here than I think people originally think when they hear A to Z book. Right. Because, but I think you can look at the photos and like the rhymes that we have underneath and yeah. can be really playful. The rhymes, by the way, took me the longest time. And probably the <laughs> most editorial changes were about the rhymes. That's funny. You know, like Ziggy Palfy, you know, no player, no Islander was better wearing the fisherman's sweater. Like I'm more <laughs> proud of that than anything else. <laughs> I was you know, just going to ask you that. Was there a particular, le- <laughs> I guess there's a particular thing is the rhyming, but was there a particular letter, I guess, or, or individual or whatever it was that stood out to you? Like, man, that was, that's, that's my favorite. That was my best work or that you were most proud of. Wow. Um, 
putting you on the spot. I tell you what, I really like the way like UBS Arena came out. Mm-hmm. Now that one again, a late entry. Yeah, we had you for uniforms originally, and we moved that over to jerseys to get kind of all the different third jerseys and alternative yeah, jerseys. Yeah. Talk about the history of the logo that way as well. And uh, obviously, I think the Islanders were happy that we put UBS Arena in there. By the way, Joe Morasic, he's put it out there on Twitter, did a time lapse of how he drew that, because that one took the saw longest yeah. by far. And Corey Wright included it in our article that was on uh, NewYorkIslanders.com. But that's like a tough one. Like, how do you write about an arena? But, you know, when I read that one over, it really captures kind of how special and unique that building is and how important it is. And if you haven't been there recently as a fan, I was there for the first ever game when they're just starting to kind of feel things out. And then I finally got back there a couple of weeks ago where it's kind of now churning as it's supposed to be. It's, um, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. we're, we're so incredibly spoiled now to have that place. So it worked out. And I'm the, so happy that it's in there. And the dominoes that had to fall to make it happen is just unbelievable. Now they play in a palace and we didn't know if they were, they were mm-hmm. going to be here at all which is phenomenal. So most importantly, where can everybody find the book? How can they get it? Sure. So the book's published through Book Baby. Um, it could be self-published it. So you can go to store.bookbaby.com and search New York Islanders and it'll come right up. But also go at Isles Fix on Twitter and you'll find our link in our profile. Um, and our pinned tweet is uh, our, one of my sub stacks, which kind of talks about how the book came about and what our inspiration was for it. So you can find the link there as well. And uh, again, a portion of the proceeds goes to the Islanders Children's Foundation. Can't thank the Islanders enough about the marketing power around it. We're talking about whether or not we can either either have um, a table set up for a future home game to do some selling, and you know maybe it'll be an Isles Lab one day. Um, you know, make sure it's an affordable item at Isles Lab. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> won't be seventy five dollars. Put it right next to those ninety dollars yeah, jackets, yeah. those nine hundred dollars jackets. All right, so before we go to break, why don't we uh, talk a little bit of Islanders here? Please. Yeah. And uh, you were sitting over there on the side there while while Chris and I was talking. So what do you make of this team now in this stretch run, in this playoff chase? Talked about the teams that are involved. Washington maybe getting in there a little bit now after the win last night. What do you make of this team under Lane Lambert, and, and how's it all going to end? <laughs> Tell us. Give us the crystal ball. What a strange year. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't know if it's because we haven't had an, a normal 82-game mm. season in a while, but it right. feels like there's been five or six iterations of who the Islanders are this year. And, you know, Chris mentioned the word identity before, but what is their identity? And I think for Barry Trotz, for those three years, it was clear what their identity was. And even if you weren't a fan of the Islanders or not even a hockey fan, you could explain in one or two sentences, well, this is the style this team plays. Right. And they've had multiple, multiple iterations of different types of styles and different ways to win. Now, to me, a little bit, everything here over the next 14 games, it feels a little bit like gravy because I didn't say I completely rode them off, but when mm. the Barzell injury, injury got announced on that Monday, I, I was basically saying... The next few games are going to give them clarity that they should be sellers at the deadline. And that's okay because they've already extended Bo Horvat. Mm-hmm. So they're they're in a better position next year moving forward. Sure. But the fact that they went, you know, five one and one, six one and one without him completely changed now the whole thought process around how the season can go the rest of the way. And um, you know, it's also weird in that Islander fans for so long did not know what playoff success was for a very, very long time. Yeah. So when you were at the 2013 team and they made the playoffs, that meant everything to be at that NASA Coliseum or game three, regardless of how the series went. Right. But now they've tasted playoff success to where are you going to be okay with losing in five games to the Boston Bruins? Yeah. Yeah, the mentality has changed. As a fan base, like they just make the playoffs, you're going to be like, well, I'm happy they did. It's very different than like those 07 or 03 or 04 teams where they made it and they were going to be outclassed by a top seed and you kind of expected it. It just It's a very odd feeling right now to be like, where should my expectation level be around this franchise? What should be a season I should be proud of and a result I should be proud of? It's a great point to make, and you're absolutely right. Around the trade deadline leading up to it, there was a lot of people just even saying on Twitter, sell. Doesn't matter why. Why play Boston and get you know dumped in five games or whatever it is. And but you know it's nice to see that the bar has been raised, right? And I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to that question because you can make a good argument for you know not running into that bus that's <laughs> potentially heading your way. And you know we, we talk so often about how you know how empty the cupboard is as far as prospects go and, and young players up and coming where they they probably could have helped themselves by getting a couple of draft picks. Yeah, I mean, but what choice do they have at this point? They've clearly are going for it this year, next year, et cetera. You know, lose okay with 
uh, moving these first round picks, provided it's a player that he can retain and keep in the fold, which he's done to his credit each and every time he's made that right. made that move. So you you just don't know how to feel about it. I don't want to see. I know this right. maybe may want to talk more X's and O's, but I always go about kind of like how do I feel about the team and the expectations and where they should be right now? And it's weird because they kind of have this underdog feel now that Barzell and Pajot is out where you're going to be super excited and proud of them if they make it to the playoffs. But then right. reality is if they get knocked out in the first round, given where expectations were a couple of years ago, and then how do you look forward? It's an interesting, they're in a very odd spot. As a they, fan base, as they, a franchise. They are, and, and as Chris was saying prior, I mean, I mean, this narrative is going to change every night. You're going to have different teams winning. There's going to be surprise wins and losses. There's going to be teams that you maybe think are out of it or back in it. And, and you know, the Islanders are, I don't want to say a comfortable place, but they're in the best place they've been in a while, just at least sitting in this wild card spot. But uh, at the very least, regardless of, you know, what happens later, it's a lot of fun to watch, and hopefully, uh, right. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, enjoy the playoff push, even though some nights the math is going to look in your favor and the scoreboard is yes. going to play in your favor, and then yes. there are going to be nights like today where you're watching a Ranger game, rooting for them, and they let you down again, and then you start doing the calculations in your head, and you're going to go from thinking we're going to lose to Pittsburgh, and I'm okay with losing to <laughs> Pittsburgh because they've played so well, right. And then they stun you, and then you're like, well, now we're going to go and take care of Washington, and we're going to knock them out and put them aside, and then that doesn't happen. Yes. And, the, and, the, and yeah, and there's a note I actually want to make. You're going all over the place. The one thing you talk about the identity of this team, we're, we're going to break soon, is, is that I've noted, like, they haven't had longer than a six-game winning streak this season. And it almost seems inevitable since the beginning of the season till now where, like, they'll get that four, if, if and when they get a little hot, they start playing better. A game like last night always seems to just be inevitable, where it's going to stop that streak in its tracks. Like, they just haven't found enough, you know, uh, winning pedigree this year to kind of just keep that train rolling. And for whatever reason, they, they kind of get in their own way. You know, a lot of talk about missing defensive assignments and stuff like that. But, like, they just haven't had that team that could just churn out, you know, either win after win or point after point. And I think that's what's kind of set, you know, the the more humble success this season, you know, apart from, you know, what you saw under Barry Trotz, and that's kind of where they're at. I mean, they had incredible streaks under Barry Trotz those few years and then still stumbled, like you said, at right. the opening where they were backing in to the playoffs. They finished fourth out of the four teams that made it a couple of years ago. They points percentage-wise were mm -hmm. in or out, depending on how you feel about that at the pause. But, yeah, like they haven't been able to string off six, seven, eight wins in a row. And you always said, well, every team does that. Even mediocre teams do that at some right. point. Is this last stretch the best that we're going to see? Or they have one more, you know, right. do they get Pajot back? Do they get Barzell right. back? And they have one more kind of level to hit at the opportune time. And then we'll be here, you know, in three weeks saying, you know, they're a tough out for those Boston Bruins. They better watch out. The Islanders have been playing playoff <laughs> hockey now for two months. That's, uh, that's what we're crossing our fingers for. But, Chris, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about Main Street Board Game Cafe, and then we'll take a little break. You got a Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and for open play. Food and drink, beer and wine, fun and friends. Bring the magic of phones down, eyes up, tabletop board games to your family. Our staff will help you find the right game from you, from old favorites to the hottest new releases. We have everything from strategic to easy party games. Get off your screens and unplug your games for a night your family will remember. Looking for meetups meet to join? Our Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, or Game Night Live communities are welcoming for all. We also do parties and corporate events. Located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Go to MainSTBoardGameCafe.com for more information. Main Street Board Game Cafe. Find your crowd. Out, unplug your game. Unplug your game. And folks, once again, I want to thank you all for tuning in live here at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. Gonna take a quick break and then the train rolls on. We'll be right back. Miss the days of mixtapes and arcades? Love the taste of a bold IPA or maybe an ice cold lager? There's a place where all of those magical things come together. Lost Farmer Brewing Company. At 63A East 2nd Street in the heart of Mineola, Lost Farmer combines a love of the 80s and a passion for quality beer to create brews that can only be described as gnarly, radical, and totally tubular. The retro vibe of the tasting bar will amp up your nostalgia while the blend of both local and exotic ingredients amp up your taste buds. Beer not your thing? Crack open a can of cider or a sip of Chardonnay on the extended patio. Order up from the snack menu? You can even bring your own. If you're more of a homebody, pick up a growler to go or order online at lostfarmerbrewing.com. 
And for all of Long Island's hockey fans, Lost Pharma created the delicious Stable Shaker American Lager to celebrate the newly built UBS Arena at Belmont Park. Whether you're at the stable for a hockey game, concert, or a comedy show, you can find Stable Shaker by can and draft around the arena. So raise a cup to the next cup with Lost Farmer Brewery, the future of Long Island craft beer. And now, it's time for What's on Tap, a look ahead at the Islanders' upcoming schedule. That's right, folks. It is time for What's on Tap. And the New York Islanders are venturing west out to play the California teams. Starting Tuesday, they are going into Los Angeles, who are playing quite well this season. That is going to be a tough game, as Chris mentioned earlier in the show. Then a back-to-back stint against the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. or They're not so mighty anymore, just the Anaheim Ducks. And then Saturday, they go into San Jose to play the Sharks, another team that the Islanders should probably beat. But you got to do it on the ice. So, gentlemen, what do you make of this uh, upcoming schedule? Uh, the same as it's been all season. They will uh, they'll win a game, in this case the L.A. game, that we don't expect them to. And then <laughs> right. they'll absolutely crap the bed one of the two <laughs> right. nights against the uh, in, in the winnable game. I wouldn't expect anything less. I expect, uh, and, and again, bare minimum, four-point week. And really they should take, they need to take all six if they want to get some distance here. I agree, Joe. You look at these opponents coming up, and you know you have a tough LA team who, you know, they they were kind of one of the powers in the West, you know, a couple years back, right? And you see a divergence between LA and Chicago, right? Both kind of like they win what they're two, three Stanley Cups each. Chicago takes a completely different direction here. LA, a strong team, they're building with some youth here. They got some good players there, and then of course you have teams that are kind of in a retool, rebuild in Anaheim and San Jose, trying to figure it out. So you look at these teams coming up. What do you make of it? I just hope it goes better than the Western Conference, a uh, Western uh, Canada trip from Fair, earlier in the yeah. year although if you were a fan of sleep uh it was very helpful for the games to be over <laughs> sure. after the first period um and you know la the, you know we get on the islander some people about the 10 the 7 30 starts but the 10 30 start is brutal yeah. i really want that 10 o'clock start on these games but i think yeah what chris said too that first game is going to make you feel which you know yeah. again it's going to get your emotions up or down you're going to mm-hmm. either feel like okay they're back on it they had a blip and now they have you're going to look ahead and say they're going to get all six points on this <laughs> west course. on this west coast road <laughs> right. trip or else you're going to go now they had two bad periods against Pittsburgh they were lucky to pull that one out a stinker at home against the Capitals and now they have two must wins against teams that have nothing to play for your emotions are going to be all over hinging on how that LA game goes i think you want at least a point hopefully in that game they played, you know, the other bad game that they've had during the stretch was that game at home against L.A., where L.A. went out to the 3 nothing lead. Islanders got two goals in the third period, one late, kind of came on, but it was a similar type of game. Could not get pucks on net. Yeah. They blocked a ton of shots. They gave a ton of credit to that team structure in that game. Yeah. So whether or not they learned anything from that game and have a little bit of a different, you know, game plan to attack that, I think we'll probably find out within the first 20 minutes. No, I think I think uh, that's that's great stuff. And and you wonder if J.G. Pajot is going to slot in here on Tuesday. He traveled to Pittsburgh, obviously didn't get into the lineup, but maybe he kind of he gets in there. And then, of course, we play the guessing game that we talked about before, wondering who's going to come out yeah. to, to make room for him. But he's a guy that they could uh, they could really use, especially because, I mean, Bo Horvat's done such a phenomenal job wearing all these hats that he's been wearing. You just, if you just win face-offs and don't score another goal, I might be happy at this point. I just get... <laughs> right. I just, I just, you want, no, want nice. another one. You don't want another one. Luxury, one. Yeah. And people go, oh, look at Anthony Beauvillier. And good for Beauvillier yeah. and what he's doing sure. on a very talented line. But uh, you were getting Bo here. Horvat to be a scorer, but I don't think, like, which happens in every sport, until you watch the player every single night, you got an appreciation for all the things they do well. And without Barzell, he's turned the intangible side of his game up even further than being the guy who's just going to score, especially when playing on 5-5. Five and five. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled that he's going to be part of this team moving forward. He ended up being so much more critical to this team in such a short span of time than I think any of us expected. Like you said, you don't know until you watch him night in, night out. But um, it'll, it'll be nice to maybe take a little bit of those responsibilities away from passing along to JG. Maybe Bo, Bo Horvath sits a, a couple extra seconds on the bench so that he's fresh for, yep. fresh for the power play. Matt get Barzell may never the, take another kill. face-off again. No, he'll be happy that's about finished. it. <laughs> that's finished. We can throw that 37% away or whatever, whatever it is. But uh, that's going to do it for what's on tap. So, Ed, why don't we get into Hero of the Week? And now, it's time for What's on Tap. A look ahead at the Islanders' upcoming schedule. That's all right, bud. Just just hit the other button. (laughs) 
There we go, folks. When you hear this song, it is time for Here of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Half price here, which this week is the Poke Check, featuring roast beef, turkey, ham, Swiss and American, lettuce and tomato, mayo on a hero. Stop on in to the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Huntington location. Mention Hockey Night New York and get half off the Poke Check. So, Mr. Chris Botta, I am going to start with you. Who is your hero? Of the week. I know this is probably a non-traditional one, and not everybody will love it, but my pick uh, when you asked me earlier today was no hesitation. That was head coach Lane Lambert. All right. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, it's easy to uh, pick on a guy, rip on a guy when the team's struggling, but and I know they're coming off a bad loss on Saturday, but he's he, for this season, he's made it through. He got to this point. Uh, where they are in the race. He kept his job. And yeah, I do think that that was somewhat in question. A lot of people were saying, and people will say if they somehow don't make the playoffs this year, that he might not be back. But he's always been a guy to root for. You like to see that person who's been in this game, who's given so much of the game and works hard uh, to succeed, and he's there. And where I decided to give him the hero, again, this might be very strange, but you know this is my thing, was watching his post-game last night. It was the first time... And uh, that I saw this season after a loss in a post-game press conference where he looked comfortable, where he looked confident. That, not to say that he looked like super uncomfortable prior to that, but he always seemed defensive. You know, okay. we should have won. We should have. He just looked like a guy who's now in the job because he got the wins prior to this. This is, in his eyes, probably an outlier. He's focused on the next game Tuesday. Both teams are going to be well prepared. Uh, LA doesn't play between now and Tuesday as well. And I just, you know, I watched him in that post game take the questions and I just thought, that's a guy who knows he's here for the rest of the season, who's done all he could to get this team in the position that it's in. And to that, I say, Good job. I think that's a great selection, and I'm going to go another way, more traditional, on the ice, and that's the guy who I wanted to talk about earlier in the show. That's Hudson Fashing. Uh, he gets the winning goal. In, in so, a, he's so your guy. He, he is my guy. <laughs> he is. He's, he's my Kuhlman. He's he's my Franz Nielsen. <laughs> Absolutely. And you hear you might have a drink soon. You hear about this? No, tell us more. Apparently, yeah. there's an up-and-coming worker at the new Offside Tavern that has made a suggestion to Nick Costa that they have the old fashioned. I think that's that's pretty <laughs> brilliant. Good. Yeah, old fashioned. I'll be I'll be ordering plenty of those when they open up. <laughs> but uh, look, he gets the game winning goal again in non traditional fashion. But it fashion. But it doesn't matter. He goes off his shin. Doesn't matter as long as it counts. And and look, that's the, the rule says it's got to go off the skate. And but beyond that, he's been playing fantastic. He's been gelling with Casey Zizekas in, in an excellent way. They're both playing very well together. Just playing that grinded out, greasy lunch pail style, uh, playing very good hockey, and a, and a pleasant surprise to all of us because I didn't know who the hell the guy was. I loved his quote. Andrew Gross did an article this week on him, and he had this quote where he said, "Basically, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this again. And have another shot. I'm just right. going to fake that I'm confident and see what happens." Right. Right. And he's looked confident since he got here. It's- it's just funny to hear you say that. I didn't see uh, that piece by Andrew, but I did say a few weeks ago on the show that if you're Hudson Fashion, you got to start acting like you belong here. And uh, I think that's what's happening here, so that's good. Yeah, no doubt. Not only to keep a, a spot on the roster, but also to earn himself a contract next summer because he's, a, he's an unrestricted free agent this summer. And I think that's a guy that they have to seriously look at. Again, you, you, we don't know if Engvall is going to be a guy who gets re-signed, but he's 26. He's got speed. That's something you might want to be injecting into this lineup because we Great all kind hair. of know. Fantastic. I mean, very handsome man. But, you know, you look at the <laughs> fact that you talk about how, how this has been an aging team now for a little while. you got guys getting up there in age, whether you're mentioning Anders Lee, Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Zizekas. They're all on the wrong side of 30. And Hudson Fashion could be another guy who, again, he's, he's a bottom six guy. He's never going to be a goal scorer on the top two lines. But he's a way to get this, this you know, team a little bit younger, especially without all those draft, draft picks that we've been talking about. So the winning goal against the Sabres, he gets the 3-2 goal against the Penguins. Clicking great with Casey Zika. So Hudson Fashion is my hero of the week. Joe, did you want to chime in with anybody else? Or? I'll, go, I'll go off the ice. Please. Um, my hero of the ice is whoever is working on the Islanders' marketing department, whatever department's in charge of getting... Shakira at UBS <laughs> Arena last night. Sure. I mean, with Carson Daly. Shakira, yeah. Carson Daly, and MJF, if you're a wrestling fan, the AEW champion, <laughs> we're right. all there on a Saturday night in yeah. Elmont, New York. Yeah. 
You know, they this franchise wants to be big time because you would go to games even at Barclay Center and it'd be like, here is, you know, the backup point guard for the Nets there is there tonight, right? Or right. here's the, right. or even they had uh, the Giants, you know, offensive line and it's like the backup offensive linemen who were on the practice squad. These are big time celebrities that they're trying to bring in that would rival the type of people that you would see at Madison Square Garden. And Chris might be able to comment more about that than I am. But (laughs) that stuff is a big deal. I know probably to the business side of things. Um, It doesn't mean they don't care a lot about the hockey stuff on on, on ice. But I don't that one blew me away that Shakira was there. Hips don't lie. Yeah, very good. The part of the. uh, all of it, if not part of it, is from ownership and arena management. So the, the as much as I think Islander fans, and I appreciate this too, like to be like the little engine that could and the team in the suburbs or whatever, uh, whether they like it or not, they're big time now. Whether they like it or not, they're in bed with billionaires, with powerful people like uh, the Oakview Group that manages this building, like people like Irving Azoff and Tim Laiwiki. And when you have that, when when Laiwiki says before the first game ever at UBS that, that he was so proud of getting Harry Styles to do one date at UBS, it, this all kind of comes around. So it's great. Uh, I'll always uh, have a soft spot, especially for the uh, people who are like true fans, celebrity fans. Yeah, of uh, course. But we get, I don't think anybody's under any illusion that, that Shakira can name two Islanders. <laughs> Hudson, uh, Hudson Fassing, because Hudson, he's the of hero be, of the week. Of course, be <laughs> right. one of them. And, uh, but no, this is, this is part of being big time and that's good. Yeah, and she wore a wonderful hat. Did you see that? From the Isles Lab, I'm sure. (laughs) It cost about $8,000. And as reported by John Wall Street, which is a great name for a sports business reporter (laughs) earlier this week, I gave some legs to, and other people did as well. They're in the top five now in merchandising. That's right. And we have fun with, you know, some of the prices that are on there. But they talk about how it's not necessarily about having to sell those items. It's about going into that store as a season ticket holder every time and seeing something new. And it's part of the overall experience. And uh, again, I was there for the first time. I live in Connecticut now. It's hard to get out there. I was there for the first time a couple weeks ago since the first night. And it was a completely different experience a well-oiled machine that that organization and building is i could not be pressed enough and if you're paying the type of prices that you are for your seats for your food and every, everything else you know if shakira can be <laughs> be there sure. and you can put that on your social media that's pretty cool too yeah sure why not well, well excellent choice there so uh there's your that'll <laughs> that's do a new it. one right yeah absolutely a little uh you know off the uh, off the beaten path here but uh, that'll do it for hero of the week uh, real quick before we get into questions, Bruin, just want to mention two guys that I brought up before, kind of that veteran leadership of this team that stepped up. Uh, one guy the the entire season, but both of them, you know, during this little stretch here, during these last four games, Brock Nelson and Anders Lee. Uh, Lee has the two goals against Pittsburgh, two goals against the Wings. He's stepping up here with Matt, Matt Barzell being out. And Brock Nelson's just pretty much through and through. Been phenomenal all season. What is he? I'm trying to look at the numbers here. 18 points in his last 22 games played. I mean, these guys have pretty much been carrying the banner for this team with, uh, with Matt Barzell. And when he was in the the lineup. I mean, Andrews Lee, everyone talks about the seven-year contract like it's this big albatross of a contract. Every year so far, he's given you exactly what you would have expected or hoped Andrews Lee would give you in terms of goal scoring, net presence, etc. He lost, obviously, that season and that run to the ACL injury. But you're like, okay, well, at what point is it going to go down? I don't know yet. Is he 31, 32 years old? Right. Every year, 24. 25 potential 30 goals, same type of goals that he's scoring every single time, just like he has throughout his whole career. And Brock, you forget, he went a 14-game stretch this year with no goals. Right. He was on a 40-goal clip. Maybe he gets really hot over the last 14. Mm. All-star game, accuracy competition champion. Right. Gray hair in there now. (laughs) You know, all it's 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 awesome to see. Yeah, no question. Chris, anything Sounds like a guy who does a newsletter every day. Right? He kind of knows his stuff over here. Yeah. He's not A to Z. He's also the encyclopedia for the Islanders and well said. Yeah. Nothing. I don't know. I don't thing I could add. I read. I have to read. A lot of people do. I have to read the skinny. Every day. Eric Hornick, man. He's a goldmine for all of us. What's taking him so long to put it out? The game ended 15 minutes ago. Come on, It's one thirty in the morning. Where is it? No, he does a great. I've been reading that thing probably since he first started. 
He just does a great he's job. A, he's another unsung. I mean, yeah. he stat checked my book. Thank you so much for that, Eric, because I was very nervous I was <laughs> yeah. going to make a mistake. He did find one with Andrews Lee. Wikipedia Excellent. has him at a different draft position than, and Eric That's Eric fun. sniffed ah, that out okay. uh, for me, which saved me some embarrassment. But uh, yeah, we're blessed to have Eric. Like the yes. Islanders broadcast is phenomenal, but the amount of stuff that he feeds, you know, Brendan during the game, in game, et cetera. He makes my job notch. here much easier. I know exactly where to go if I'm looking. I mean, the stats that I just pulled out on Brock Nelson and Andrews Lee, Eric Hornick, right mm-hmm. there. So that's going to do it for uh, that segment there. We're going to go into questions brewing. Ed, Jay, how are we, we doing over there? It's time doing for good. questions brewing. <laughs> doing uh, good. Fan. never been a time where he, he's surprised when, when, you're, when you ask him that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. How you doing? Doing good. Yeah. Good so to see you guys are doing all right. the quality questions for tonight? Uh well yeah we have the some questions good ones here. that are brewing yes they're they've brewed continue to brew as Speaking always of brew. yeah why don't you why don't you shout it out yeah Let's open crack up o- a lost farmer little stable shaker courtesy of lost farmer so. wow hey what you got bud wow <laughs> <laughs> first question from Dobber Nobson love that name nice wow. nice Dob- very creative Dobber what. <laughs> Dobson, like Noah Dobson, basically. So, <laughs> so Dobber Nobson. Far away. Could have gone a different route there. Okay, good. If you could take attributes of current Islanders to build an ideal bottom six forward, what would you use? For example, Pajot's versatility, Casey's uh, motor, etc. I think you just pick the two perfect guys right there to combine, right? You get the tenacity of Casey Sezikis, the face-off prowess of J.G. Pajot, and he has a little bit more of a scoring prowess than Casey Sezikis. I think if you were able to put those guys into a mold together, I think that's probably your perfect bottom six, uh, bottom six guy. If you guys I'll have one more. Uh, Zach Parisi's cap hit. <laughs> yes, well said. And, and, well, you know what, Casey? They all bring it every night. But, I mean, I've been saying this all season. And, and, and since he joined the team last year, Zach Parisi puts it all out there. Is he going to come back every for another year. 750K? Why not? I say I say why not? They said they were talking about, like, a two-year extension at the last year when mm-hmm. he signed the one. And now you wish he had, almost. If he's still got the wheels. I mean, he's he's a great piece down there. Yeah, I think he. I think the decision to go to one was probably just his and his. Mm. He figured for family reasons, or whatever, made it plenty of money. I could make this decision a year at a time. Yeah, and he's a guy who, if if I want to see anybody get into the playoffs with the New York Islanders, it's Zach Parise, mm-hmm. right? Like coming back, you know, the family lines and everything, and and you can tell how much he he wants it with this team, right? He's playing for the team his father played for, and I'd love to see him, regardless of whether you play in the Bruins in the first round or not. I just want to see Zach Parise playing Islander playoff. Hockey. I also like that everything that he says in the post game, because you hear about players over oh, focused and on only what we're doing, yeah, one game at a time. What's ahead of us can only control what we can control. Listen to his post game comments. He always knows how many games in hand the other opponents have. Sure, yeah. He knows what their upcoming schedules are. He's in tune and locked in on what's going on uh, as much as anyone at least admits, admits it when he's talking uh, publicly publicly to the cameras. He also pointed out in the post game that it could be an advantage, even though the Islanders have these games in hand, that they're playing teams that are now playing more games in less amount of time. Yes. And I do think that helped them against Buffalo, for example. No doubt about it. Ed, what else you got, buddy? Mr. Tom Boyle. D-Boyle. Yeah. With Varley likely gone, does Gustafson make sense to back up Sorokin? He's an RFA this season coming off his ELC. I, I disagree with Tom. I, I don't think that... I don't think that... We don't know. We can't well, say he's likely, likely gone, gone at all. Yeah. In he fact, gone yet. If, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I think Varley's back next year. I think he, he comes back to back up Sorokin on a, on a smaller contract. We've talked about that on, on the show before. What's their combined cap hit this year the two of them around nine million nine million i think it's five and four right so if he comes back he knows he's coming back at a discount so you could have a cheaper year next year as far as your goalie tandem is going into the season yeah and then you go with to whatever that Ilya Sorokin extension may be right but maybe you're able to still keep him in the fold for a little bit longer and still have that overall cap hit at around nine or ten million dollars because he was adamant you don't see players that often listen he was asked a question he could have you know said no comment or kind of right. not not answered right. it or we'll see what that happens. he wanted yeah, to yeah. be here he's expressed that he wants to be here and he wants to be here in the future and he knows what his role will be he knows that Ilya Sorokin is the star it's of his, his role team. that it is right now so exactly so he he doesn't seem to have any dreams of getting picked up by a team out west that needs a starter and the Islanders he's, don't he's have good. he's cool Tristan Lennox they signed to a three-year entry-level contract he's had a an impressive season in the OHL. Um, but, you know, 
Jacob Scarrick and, and Corey Schneider, they don't have, if they had a young right. uh, pro- prospect right. that can come up at, at no money and be the backup, I think it's a different scenario. Mm-hmm. They don't have that right now. So you're right. going to pay some goalie something. Yeah. Why not have it be Varley? Yeah, and he's buddies with Sorokin. You know, I mean, it's, it all just makes sense to me. So, so T Boy, I love you. You tune in every week, but uh, got to disagree. Varley's, pro- I, I think Varley's going to be the backup next year. Next one. I agree. This is from DTMR Arena Edition again. Why no out of town scoreboard? Is that true? Yeah, that I mean, so that's definitely hmm. a thing, and that's definitely yeah. a Lou thing. That I know for a fact. We were asked last week, yes, about them not announcing how many goals a player has. So you know, Horvat if he scores be... his next goal, I think it would be his thirty seventh or something like that. But the Islander PA announcer does not say that. We speculated last week that that was also a Lou Lamoureux thing. Yeah. I said that if that was true, that it was a Lou Lamoureux thing, it'd just be really petty and and, and ridiculous for him to <laughs> to do that. And I continue to believe i'll just leave it at this that i continue to believe that it is a loo thing as for the scoreboard that's been something that uh, he's been doing for years and uh it's silly but i actually find the goal stuff worse because at some point horvat will probably score his 40th this season and it's a shame somebody scores their first goal as an islander and it <laughs> yeah. isn't said or they're right. you know uh that's that's silly it doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't lead to winning Stanley Cups. Um, it's great that the Devils won. Lou played a big part <laughs> in that. But they didn't win because of that. And it actually undermines, I think, all the players that did win with them. This, this notion that somehow that helped you win. No, what helped you win was fucking Marty Brodeur and Scott Stevens <laughs> and, and, and all the guys it's who true. gave their heart and soul and all yeah. those brilliant coaches and Lou's brilliant moves to make it about some of these other things under this, uh, to me, a, a fake notion of team i again let me go back and say that i appreciate that what lou did in terms of the raising the professionalism which it badly needed from the change from garth uh that that's all true but some of these other things they're just silly all right ed you got another one for us yeah boy sean took a pass on that one huh yeah i I guess sean Sean is moving on We're Sean's running with the clock. The here. <laughs> Trying to get another question. I mean, I'm sh- sure I'll, I'll chime in. I mean, yeah. I don't care. I don't you care. Don't care. You, you, don't, you don't have an opinion uh, that they don't. And, um, I, 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 I agree with you that I do think it's silly. Yeah. If, but like, I don't know what the angle is. It's just everybody focus on the ice. Everybody focus on the Islanders and what they're doing, you know, instead of looking at the Adaton scoreboard. Like, it's so minuscule to me. Like, so I don't care either way. And like, yeah. we all have a scoreboard in our pockets now. You know, if we want to know who's winning the other games, that, you know, that, can, that part is true. Yeah, just, we can reach into our pockets. So, yeah. like, I don't, I don't care. That's why that. I agree that the scoreboard thing isn't that big a thing. I think there's also some stuff about like certain things aren't replayed. Like, you don't see much of the other team's goals and things like that. But I, I'm not there regularly to to know. But they they throw them up there. I've I've seen them. They they throw them up there. You know, and and sometimes when the the odd penalty happens, they don't always play the replay, but they usually do. Okay. But all right, Ed, what do you got? CGS 878 says, how close are the, quote, long-term injured, end quote, to returning? Unfortunately, I don't have nobody, any. Yeah, nobody would ever know that. that. The guys who but travel I with think the we're team. looking for a, a gut so. feeling here for an Well, answer. I think Pajot is going to be gonna back play Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to play Tuesday. Uh, we know the Clutterbuck is back, and, and I haven't heard a lot about Matt Barzell. The Clutterbuck out indefinitely for a while felt like, End of the season yes, is out indefinitely. Yes, all the, all the yes. Wallstrom's out indefinitely. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see him the rest of the year. Right. And then Clutterbuck getting back when he did was a surprise. And I think that's why when Matt Barzell, remember the designation originally was out indefinitely. Yeah. Yes. And everyone was like, uh huh, uh huh. And end of the year. And right. then it was week to week. So, and I guess there have been people that have seen him around the press box, no boot, no limp. So I think when they first announced that he was week to week, there was kind of a speculation of late March slash early April. So I think you cross your fingers and hope that's the case where he can jump into a couple of these final games before the, the season is over because they're probably going to need his help to, to secure one of those wild card spots. I have a question for you, Sean. Uh, you, you, can, you have season tickets? I do. Are you, are you the controller of them? Like are they in I am the master. Okay. The season tickets. So yes. when did the season ticket? When did the playoff invoices go out? And what's like the status of that? I honestly don't know. Those are things they have not. Out. They have not. The only thing that they've done is start renewing for next year. But there has been nothing on the playoffs. 
I have not really? received. I have not received anything about the playoffs yet. What was it like, say, like five years ago when the team was like in the playoff race? Like, did you <laughs> Chris, you just, like, we used to send out playoff <laughs> bills like in February and March back in the day. Yeah, you know, it probably was February, March. Unfortunately, Chris, I I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But there has been nothing about the playoffs, about playoff tickets, nothing. Maybe that's a Lou thing. <laughs> I, I that, that's I guess why they're waiting I, to see what's going to happen. That's I mean, why I said no what guarantee. was it like four or five years ago? You might have picked you, up you, on that. Were you at the arena for their uh, walking through the dressing room? Uh, have you a lot of a lot of season ticket holders had done that? Look, look, amazing. I missed out about it. I missed out on last week. I, I believe there's another date, the 26th, under the 26th. Uh, I'm waiting to find out if I can sneak my crew in there, but um, I didn't get in on the fifth. No, no. people. I mean, they've. You know, they try to do perks to make it, you know, for an, as a season ticket holder, the, and people seem to be the thrilled with uh, what happened came last weekend. flying fast and furious in a very short span of time once the the renewal emails started going out because I think they were, they, they were really trying to get people to, you know, stick on. And back then, when, when those emails went out, that was, like, during the January, like, yeah. fold where we kind of thought this season was going in the tank. And you know whether or not the team was going to rebuild or retool yes. and whatever. So. Yeah, it was it was pre-Bo Horvat, all that stuff. So I think they were kind of like, please stay, please stay here. We'll give you a chance to win some Bruce Springsteen tickets at UBS. Like I'll be all there Easter stuff. Sunday <laughs> What's Bruce. Oh, yeah? yeah? Is that right? I had no idea it was Easter Sunday. I'm there, okay. two, I'm there two nights later. <laughs> wow, look at you. I'm not a Bruce guy. Yeah, not a Bruce guy. That's, that's okay. your that's your yeah. problem. Explains a lot. Oh no, it's my solution. I'm on <laughs> fine. I sleep very well at night. Not listen to the men, but uh, I respect I respect what he's done. But anyway, this isn't a music show. Uh, Ed, we'll sneak in one quick one if you have it, and then we got to We got to sure. We'll, we'll, we'll make it an important one from Trottier nineteen. He okay. asks, "When will UBS Arena put heated lamps in the Heineken Terrace, like many outdoor bars restaurants have?" Froze my ass off last night. <laughs> That's funny. I was actually up there before the game last night for for a brief period of time. That yes, there aren't those those heated lamps or whatever you call them. But I did feel some kind of heat going on up there. Like maybe it was coming down from the top or whatever it is. Now it it wasn't a lot. It was still chilly up there. But I think they were doing something. I guess they need to do something more. But uh, hey, look, you know, you talk about this uh, state of, state of the art arena and uh, you worry about the amenities and yeah. and it, look, they get it's a party up there. I mean, it wasn't pregame, but like. I've I've passed by there. I've walked the uh, the upper con- concourse a couple of times, and they actually have a line going into that place for the intermission. Like people are trying really? to jam in. Yes, wow. they have bouncers. They literally have bouncers at, at both uh, entrances, <laughs> and they're and they're they're making people wait to go in for a 17, 18 minute intermission. Amazing, and it's packed to the gills. You, I don't know. People love it. I, you know, look, people go up there and smoke, do that whole thing. They got the DJ up there. Everybody's dancing, having a party. That's what I'm saying. We've come a long way because I was at <laughs> I was at Game Three, Islanders Capitals where Tavares scored how many seconds into the overtime period. Yes. And we sprinted out, and they had the porta-potties outside <laughs> oh, during yeah. the, at the Coliseum. Oh, yeah. So went that. outside to go to the bathroom, got back, and a lot of people missed that goal because they were not in the arena, but they were outside the arena online <laughs> waiting to go to the bathroom. So. And- and speak- heated lamps. We've gone along. We've come a long <laughs> right. way. Right. Like, like my buns toasty. Uh, and while I, and one more nugget. Speaking of missing the action, one great thing that they've done in the concourse is basically, and I, at least I could speak for the lower concourse. There's a screen everywhere yeah. in that concourse where, if you, as you're walking, you can look left or right, and somewhere the game is on. Like you're not missing any. You can literally just hang out in the concourse and walk it all night, and it's it's somewhere. So they they've had they have like hundreds of screens down there. So yep. it's great. You know, you're going to get a snack. You're going to the bathroom. You always have the action somewhere by design on that's your way. A good thing. Yeah. So Lou allows that at least. So that's, well, that's nice. you spending <laughs> the idea. They want people to know if you're. We want you spending money, and you still won't miss the game. There you have it. So that's going to do it for questions. I'm Bruins. just fascinated by the playoff invoice thing. And, Nothing. And, I, and I'm probably showing like my age, and I understand that <laughs> in this day and age that they could just be like, okay, we made the playoffs. You got till tomorrow to let us know if you're buying. The first two rounds, like things are a little more different than they were back in the day. But we, we, we had seasons where I worked there. And I'm not yeah. talking days. I'm talking you know toward the end of my career mm. there where we would actually still be talking like January or February. Team would be like eight points out. Mm-hmm. Do we send invoices? And usually did. So the fact that the bills haven't gone out. I'm also curious as to what other teams have done. So I'm going to ask around. They gave us like a month for renewals on next season. It was like mm-hmm. uh, probably the end of December, and they were like January 20th. 
we're going to auto-renew. For next. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You, you got to cancel before the 20th or we're going to auto-renew and wow. start, you know, taking the payments. And they changed, like, a there's a 12-month payment plan, whatever it is. And what inspired that question, sorry to interrupt you, what inspired that question was just, yeah, and this is, like, really uh, uh, cynical of me, but I started thinking, like, was that Barzal change about week to week? Kind of a way of saying, wait a second, we're not here to say <laughs> that this guy is done, done. You know, right and we're not done done right. so that's what made me think i did not expect the answer to be that invoices have not gone out and so. also i remember that the often play because i would take advantage of this as someone who wasn't a season ticket holder was islanders are going to make the playoffs if you buy four games over the next eight, 10 right. yes you can, you'll essentially be able to buy every single playoff mm-hmm. strip you want mm-hmm. and that's what i would do yeah sometimes it even get an opportunity to get out to the four games i did uh, purchase, but it allowed me to make sure I got a ticket to every home playoff game. I remember you know, again. That. Hopefully, those days are over. Right. Although, even someone like in my position, you know, that's how I made sure I got to every playoff game. There you go. Well, that's going to do it for questions, Bruin. Ed, cue the music. We're going to head on out. So, folks, want to thank you all for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. Want to send a huge, huge thanks for not only joining us here, but Joe coming down to the studio, the founder of the Isles Fix newsletter and author of New York Islanders A to Z. Fantastic job. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. A great time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, of course, a big thanks to our sponsors, starting with Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Check them out at Blue Line Delhi.com. Another big thanks to Lost Farmer Brewing Company located at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. Check them out at LostFarmerBrewing.com. And a big thanks to Main Street Board Game Cafe located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Check them out at MainSTBoardGameCafe.com. Folks, if you dig what we're doing here at Hockey Night in New York, please rate, review, subscribe here on Twitch, YouTube, on your favorite podcast provider. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Joe, where can we find you on social media and uh, your, your great content at Isles Fix? Yeah, just go at Isles Fix, and uh, you can subscribe to the newsletter. It'll be in your inbox every morning, 7.30 to 8 a.m., and it's a full curated edition of everything that happened, local news, beat writers, pop culture, etc., everything you want to know about the Islanders in five minutes uh, to start your day. Fantastic stuff. And one more time, where can we find the book? Go to store.com bookbaby.com search for new york islanders a to z or go to our social media and you'll find it in our link in our profile excellent chris where can we find you on social I'll just media? throw my plugs back to isles Fix. they do an amazing job i try to make that clear at least once or twice a year uh, for people who do our show like this or any show like this it's a must for any fan it's a must same thing for eric cornick's uh, newsletter uh, the skinny these are essential things that uh, we can't do without and they're out there so if you're an islanders fan and you're not getting Miles Fix, you're really missing out. Follow Chris at Chris Botta NHL on Twitter. Follow myself at Shoney Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the TikTok. For Chris Botta, for Joe Buono, for Ed, for Jay, we've been Hockey Night New York. Have a great rest of your night. <laughs>